Hello and welcome to the Contrarian Podcast with your host Ryan Shivalka. This week I'm joined with a very special guest, Azzy. How are you doing today, Azzy? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Thanks for having me. So me and Azzy lived together in third year of uni, so that's how we know each other. And Azzy is a medic. Way we love we love the medics, medical professionals in general are doing such an amazing job, of course, during the current coronavirus pandemic. So we salute you and all the stuff oh, that you've been thank doing. Thank you. I don't think I should get any credit though, being a medical student. But thank you. I will take the credit. I, I mean, it's it. okay because I guess your years at uni is sort of the last years of freedom. So you can be yeah. absolute degenerates <laughs> before it's like serious mode for the rest of your lives. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. When it's like someone is dying in front of you and you just have to intervene. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it, it's actually quite funny because when I was out with my friends in London ages ago, one of us was yeah. a medic, and there was just someone who was just like like passed out on the floor, and then he just went into medic mode straight away. It was oh, like put him that. into yeah. recovery position. I was like, yo, like I absolutely know nothing. Like the recovery position is all I could probably do. Like <laughs> otherwise, it'd be screwed. That's one thing that I feel like every student should know: the recovery position. To be fair. With the amount of um, binge drinking that goes on at unis, I think that's a good one. Yeah, if anyone's fully. listening as a student, look up the recovery position. Tell me, Azzy, or tell the listeners at least uh, a little bit about yourself. So, who is okay. Azzy? Right, so I'm a fourth year medical student at UOB, University of Birmingham, where Rohan attended. Um, I am, how old am I now? 23, going on 24. Um, what else? What else is there about me? Uh I'm really interested in activism, social, social like current issues, political issues. Um, I'm bilingual, speak Arabic. I'm Sudanese, second gen immigrant. Uh, that's it about me, I think. Nice. No, it's it's really important to be aware because I know being a medic, it's really hard because I suppose because you've got so much on your plate, it's hard to be involved in the real world. Yeah, that's so true. I definitely agree with that. Like, there's so many times where I'd be like, yeah, just just like current events just wash over you unless they're NHS related. But yeah, yeah like I think I think it's quite interesting though because like I think Instagram is like a really great um, source for that because like you know we always scroll through our like social medias all the time. Um, I do find I actually consume a lot of my news from places like Instagram, so it is pretty good to keep in touch with the yeah. world. Yeah, this is really interesting. And I do that too, especially with like, even uh, if it means like following like proper news outlets, like The Guardian, yeah. for example, I find yeah. that and also like little quirky ones that are in individual and independent, because I think a lot of people are very sort of fatigued and bored and mm-hmm. not really, they're not, they don't have any attachment to these big uh, newspapers. Yeah. But I think on the flip side that I found as well is that, I don't know, sometimes I see posts and I'm like, this is inaccurate and it's being shared yeah. like so widely and it's just yeah. it's, it, so obviously it has its perks but on the flip side it's just yeah so dangerous so I guess you yeah. still have to be vigilant no matter how you consume your news absolutely but having said that uh, the other day I subscribed to the financial times because I was uh mm. I was like you know because I'm applying to law firms and stuff that's where I yeah. see my career going so they all yeah. like you to have a bit of commercial awareness and so and do you know what I actually quite rate the financial times it been but then okay, I've only had I'll it, for, it yeah 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 100% just because okay. it, it has like a lot of insight into a lot of tech companies markets yeah. that you don't really get with like BBC and Sky News for example I don't rate BBC I'm not gonna lie like I do follow them because I'm always yeah. interested in like the narrative that they give yeah but like BBC 
I don't know. That could be a whole other podcast. Yeah, hundred percent. It's on the BBC. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I think it's it, like what a lot of people do. That I mean, we're going massively off topic, but. Uh, yeah. for what we're talking about in this podcast but I think it's still relevant is that p- if people don't like something they should still engage with it and yeah. see see those perspectives and then and see okay look there's this piece of news that's happening let's see how all these different media outlets are yeah. conveying them and then it'll be I mean, really yeah the same message yeah definitely definitely because because like if it's so so easy and I'm sure I'm guilty of it in many ways but like just like suck yourself into a bubble which is a very good tangent, a very good like segue into like the idea of people sucking themselves into uh, COVID is a lie. I know. Propaganda as well. A hundred percent. And this is something that I've come across and it's actually the driver of why I wanted to do the podcast. Like, I think I want to call this COVID the uncivil war because mm-hmm. it just feels like there's so much information and there's so many different narratives out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, conspiracy theories like, oh, it's a hoax, government control, we're going to go into yeah. a new world order, 5G yeah. is giving us coronavirus, the list goes yeah. on. And it's yeah. it's worrying because obviously you're in the medical profession, you're sort of at the mm-hmm. front lines and you're seeing what's happening. And it like, is it a hoax? From what? <laughs> From the patients <laughs> spluttering out their guts. Uh, it doesn't look like a hoax from where I'm standing. Um, yeah, no, like, I don't know, like, it's, I do, okay, so, like, don't get me wrong, I don't think conspiracies are something to be, like, something to be, like, you know, scoffed at, like, who are we kidding, like, we live in a world of, like, you know, Panama Papers and Epstein scandals and all of that, like, conspiracies, like, have its place in our world, in our society, like, of course, um, it's just, like, it's just slightly misguided in my opinion because like I think it, it like I think if people were to say because I I have my own conspiracies about coronavirus meaning that like I don't think the government really care if any of us die yeah sure like from the whole like on. herd immunity arguments yeah. that they put out originally and then, even if you look at even if you look at like the first speech that did right talking about coronavirus in the first speech he did, right, we didn't really have that many cases. We didn't have that many, if any, deaths, maybe a few, a handful of deaths. Um, the first thing he said in that speech or within it was, um, many of us will leave, lose loved ones before before their time. Yeah. Which is like a, it's like a shockingly pessimistic thing for like the, the, the nation's leader to say. But he was already saying like, you know, no, 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 we're gonna lo- we're gonna lose people for sure. He's not going. We're gonna do our best. We're gonna save everyone. Blah blah blah. He's saying like, nah, we're definitely gonna lose people for- because he's already like, I really fully believe that like, they went into this thinking we're gonna lose people, but let's let's make sure people think or people are convinced that we don't really have a part to play in it. It's kind of like the natural progression of things. Yeah, there's I can't remember this meme that I saw. It's like when there's a a crisis it's like oh we can't do anything about it and then as it uh, and then it's like they go on and it's like oh we've done everything we can about it and then when it's over yeah. it's like oh there's nothing we could have done about it it's yeah, just like yeah, it's just exactly. typical because I've sort of been studying politics for a long time now yeah and it, you know if anything like my mum always you know tells me that I should get into it but it, it's mm. just too much and it's too superficial and mm. I, I could not be involved in it and so this much, is a so great much of example. it is about spin, isn't it? Like so much yeah. of it is about how people perceive you rather than like what what it is you're actually doing. It's like how how does this sound? How does this look? Exactly. And then when when politicians are asked questions by the media, half the time they're not answering the questions and they do whatever mm-hmm. they want to do anyway. And it's yeah. really prevalent under this conservative government. 
And yeah. a few months ago when we were talking about, uh, we, we did uh, a podcast on the pandemic and I was like, what they're becoming slowly and slowly more unelectable just by the, the sheer amount of mistakes that they're yeah. making. And it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think that they can be voted in at the next election. Having said that, with uh, Labour and their whole anti-Semitism yeah. Do you see saga, Jeremy Corbyn just got suspended? I know. As in, I wasn't surprised. And I actually think it was a necessary move to make because of just to end that chapter in the Labour Party. Right, right. Because... like, uh, Yeah, for example, like Keir, Keir Starmer's, like, his literal tagline was basically, I'm not Jeremy Corbyn. Wasn't it just, like, a new leadership? Yeah, un- yeah a, new, a new leadership. It wasn't even, yeah. like, a better leadership. I've got cool things to lead about. Like, it was just, we're not them. <laughs> like, that's literally all it was. Yeah, like, so... It, yeah, I, it'll I think, be I think very they, interesting. They did jump the gun. So it's quite interesting, though, like... I saw his um his statement. Like I I do understand why they suspended him for his comments because like he was basically saying, hmm, like I think they went overkill on like the the like report into me and stuff. But um, I think but, it, that he's just trying. This is ego talking. I think if he actually cared about his political career, he'd just be like he'd accept it and move on. I feel like yeah. that's that's what he should have done. But to yeah. be fair to the guy, like at least he's always stayed principled and firm to what he this believes is, in throughout his career thing, like like we saw like in like the 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 um inquiries into like the the, the like establishment of labor and they had the, all these like an extremely racist comments against diane abbott dawn butler and where were the suspensions there like there were none so it's not like it's not like it is i do think it's not it's not that i don't think that jeremy corbyn should have been suspended it's more that i think the suspension is disingenuous on keir starmer's part i don't think he yeah, really sure. cares I, I think, think it is yeah. a ploy. It's because this has had such massive publicity, yeah. you know, for how for however long it's been, you know, yeah. anti-Semitism and the Labour Party. I think that is just something that had to be done. Whereas you're right, like I, I've seen uh, Diane Abbott getting a whole host of abuse, especially on social media, because like yeah. she does come across as a bit slow, and then yeah. but people jump on the whole race and you know the yeah, fact yeah. she's a woman, and, it, and it's, it's like, not right. And it, and it's like, and it's quite interesting because it's like the number of times where we've seen like, I don't know, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Boris Johnson or who, whatever else, like whoever, like, um, what's his name? Sajid David as well. And like, like mess up on their numbers or whatever. And then no one's going, you, you idiot, you bloody idiot. But like this woman, doesn't she have like two degrees from Oxford and like was one of the first black MPs to be elected? Like you can't be, you can't be dumb and get there. Yeah, yeah, like 100%. yes, she can. Maybe she can come across that way, and like people have been able to like show her in that light. But it is impossible for you've got to be better than the average to break that barrier. I follow a lot of these like activists on mm. Twitter, and they keep like reposting things about Tory MPs, especially what's happened with uh, the whole Marcus Rashford thing and free school meals yeah. over the holidays, oh. and it's just really sad to see their thinking behind it like oh we're nationalizing children oh we don't have mm. enough money like it's just it just shows you the government's priorities and it's just yeah it's, it's yeah. sad to see because like at a time where a lot of people are struggling a lot of people are in and out of work and if you have mm. children like come on they're children these people like children didn't choose they to haven't come in chosen place. anything exactly yeah, yeah. Like they just dealing with the cards that they the cards that they've been dealt, and no yeah. one should be going hungry. And uh, I yeah. do hope yeah. that uh, a lot more is going to be done. Yeah, but then, then I think that's like just to like loop back to what we were talking about beginning. Like I think that does prove you know the whole no school meals for kids and half term. Like 
I think that does that pr- like supports at least like the idea that conspiracy that the government are are simply using the coronavirus as a means to just line their own pockets and the pockets of their friends because like the the amount of money they needed to continue the free school meals program was minuscule compared to the the billions shelled out to like companies that had never made masks ever <laughs> they were just like but it's like their mate and they're giving them so much money or like to oh, Dyson 100%. to, to to make ventilators that they've never done before and they didn't even deliver them like you know that's a conspiracy that i can actually get behind yeah especially with the whole failed track and tracing system they were offered they were the system that we're using at the moment was offered to to the government for free and they went no 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 no. let's use money to like give some other people like i guess people that were friends of theirs and it was it was terrible shit it failed yeah um and then now we're back to using the free one. So like it's literally they're offered a free version that's good enough. Yeah, I mean, and they say no thanks. It's it's ridiculous. And I was actually speaking to my mum about this because she works in the NHS, and what yeah. she was saying was that where where companies bid for certain contracts, then a lot of the time they they massively yeah, yeah. overpromise and underdeliver. And yeah. I guess when it comes to something like the track and tracing system, which is so important, and it was it was the next step after the national lockdown to really keep yeah. every thing i think if they got it right then we wouldn't be in the situation we are now i know it's obviously we've got the benefit of hindsight but just a proper system that alerts people yeah and this is and this is like and then exactly and this is my real my real like yeah i'll say anger my real anger surrounding um the handling of coronavirus is the effectiveness of their lockdowns and then variation of lockdowns and tears is that there is i do believe there is a deliberate vagueness to everything they're saying there's a deliberate like contradiction sure not real not being clear like you know like they know how to be clear when they want to be clear a hundred percent of course so from march this year we went into lockdown i remember it clearly because the weekend before uh, i went to my last arsenal match which was so that's that's obviously the last time i was in the stage yeah yeah fully it was arsenal against west ham we finished it off with a win and um yeah (laughs) (laughs) but then obviously what happened national lockdown i guess that was the most sensible decision at the time right yeah yeah i think so i think that was it was a good thing i i mean like wish it came earlier is what it is glad it happened yeah so do you actually know about the figures at the time of lockdown it was march right so march it was um 13th of march it was like 370 a day 26th of March I think it was around the 20th right yeah it was 284 a day and then 26th of March and just to like reiterate today like yesterday we had 310 deaths so that's more than what we had around Before. that time yeah deaths wise at least maybe not cases well actually cases it's even more so we are around the same amount of numbers of deaths yeah because I suppose with deaths right you could sort of compare it to before whereas because tracing wasn't really available before you can't yeah, really the cases yeah the testing of yeah cases for example so like we're, we're i'm seeing a hundred thousand a day of new coronavirus cases because obviously yeah. there's been such a proliferation of testing which has been good i guess but yeah. also it skews the numbers because i remember before you just couldn't get tested you're, you're like yeah, yeah just totally. stay if you if you cough stay at home for two weeks yeah <laughs> yeah 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 so but yeah, I think I think it was definitely the right thing to do. Like, and also I thought it was I thought, you know, like the British public, it, they really took it in their stride, and I think it really showed like some really wonderful like side to the British public. Like, it it 
people got to know their neighbours for the first time in forever. Like there were these WhatsApp groups where like a whole street would be on a WhatsApp group and they would just be like, if anyone needs anything, message and we'll drop over some food or whatever. Like people were being, it was this kind of socialist like spring, like everywhere. Yeah, no, I 100% get that because uh, at the start in March time, my mum had to go and look after my grandma. So yeah. I was at home uh, fending for myself and my neighbours were yeah. uh, giving me food whenever I needed it. And it was so oh, nice. That's so sweet. That's so no, sweet. But I do yeah. get it. And it was like the clap for the NHS, which was, yeah. I guess, it was, although it was performative, you know, it was still nice. To, yeah I mean, like, and I, that's the thing I think I think from the public it wasn't so it wasn't performative it was like the public really does have I think a, a true appreciation for the NHS just because I think it is such a huge employer like so many people know someone who works in or with the NHS that yep. they truly I think people do have a real understanding by how much work that they put in I just like and I and I really enjoyed it when those claps like they they kind of spread from just being for nhs workers to like the phrase key workers because it's like you know there are people who are working in your supermarket local supermarket that didn't stop like throughout the whole pandemic and like those people and you know refuse collectors and all sorts like they didn't stop they are all key workers and i think yeah it was really interesting to see like the government roll out and like pretty patel roll out like the immigration policies you know calling these people like low-skilled workers who at the same time i know are it, key it, workers. It's, it's crazy because yeah these people that we so desperately need are yeah. considered by many as low-skilled and you know yeah. uh, and immigrants and people who we don't want in this country that sort mm. of sentiment and it just shows like these people and a lot of in a lot of the time these roles are filled with uh, black and ethnic minority people yeah 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 they are they are and and like and there was a there was a a a good chunk of time where the deaths were racking up within like nhs workers and in these news stories and in these like newspaper headlines and, and and front page stories and stuff there would always be these pictures of almost stock images of of white healthcare professionals alongside like nhs workers dying whereas like in reality it was like 60% 60% of the people that were dying were ethnic minorities even sure. though like they only make up one fifth of the of the workforce sure it was actually so, really interesting because recently on uh, BBC uh, there was uh, <laughs> of course it was BBC but yeah I, I came across this article which basically said that structural racism isn't the cause of high figures for BME people that okay. affected by they... COVID yeah. so let me just I'll pull up the article I've got that here yeah, ethnic minority COVID risk not explained by racism. Mm. And so, but I, again, I guess it's just, this is just one dude saying it. Yeah, and like, I mean, like, I wouldn't, I would be hesitant to, to like, to back that. One, yeah. because of the, of the, like, inquiry that went ahead and, and, it, and it showed that they, they hypothesized that, like, racism was the reason. But secondly, because BAME, you know, like the phrase BAME, that is encompassing such a hu- unbelievably huge range of people. Oh, 100%. Like even if you just even if you just take the word Asian, or even if you just take let's say black, I'm black, so let's just take the word black. Like that encompasses people from North Africa, West Africa. Um, they they could be like like you know like really southern Indian people might identify as black. There might be like do you know what I mean like Caribbean. There's sure, so sure. many people. There's such diverse genotypes that 
to the point where like if we were all going to donate our bone marrow we would tick different boxes because not not all of our bone marrow would be compatible like there's nothing that ties ethnic minorities together except for or at least it's saying something that ties all black people together, except for the way that society sees them. You just like appear your phenotype or the way you look appears sure. black to everybody. But yeah. on the inside, physically, genetically, you're not even remotely similar. Um, so the idea that like all of these Bane people of all these different non-white groups dying at such a disproportionate amount. I, I can't think of something that would tie them together other than racism. No, um, it's actually true. And what was like really infuriating was that they the government sort of tried to pin it on ethnic minorities, saying like, "Oh, they're yeah. like flaunting COVID restrictions," and then yeah, and then say yeah. nothing about the flocks of people going to beaches, like, going to the beach. Yeah, it and was just, laughable. And like in in British culture, there is like a lot of uh, there there is like um like pubs are such a huge part of British culture yeah, right 100%. that's where people like go to socialize like that's a place where like for generations like British people have gone to like de-stress have a break have a drink talk be with family in some places like it's something that I had to like learn as an as a second gen immigrant that's not something that my family does sure. but like I've come to realize and appreciate that it is a real intrinsic part of people's culture it is also a very white place a lot of the time yeah yeah so like to right. suggest that to suggest that it's only ethnic minorities or it's just like eid celebrations are the reason why you know yeah like spikes are happening and yeah you see those pictures of swathes of white people at the beach just like like sardines yeah. like just because there's a little bit of sun like yeah i think <laughs> like the funny. pictures that were went viral were of bournemouth beach yeah yeah i remember them well they looked yeah it was quite funny i I guess structural racism isn't a tangible thing so it's easy to dismiss because we can't see it but yeah i guess it's it's something that at least the government hasn't taken seriously but i think it it is something whether it's you know why there's like a disproportionate amount of ethnic minorities in poverty for example that all feeds Mm. into and i guess what we're talking about with uh, the whole school meals thing I, I don't know the figures, but I can almost I'm I'm almost sure that people who are in ethnic who are ethnic minorities and in poverty are disproportionately yeah. affected. Yeah, I'm I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and you see these derogatory comments made by some conservative MPs about families that need to receive free school meals. Um, like talking about I can't remember who it was now, but he was like he said something like, you know, free school meal vouchers were used to fund crack dens or something something like that or like suggested it in in his um in his uh like replying to one of his followers and it's like you just see like first of all if that is true and you know an individual child in your constituency why have you gone why haven't you gone and helped them yeah (laughs) 100 percent. yeah i bet bet you they haven't even spoken to their constituents yeah literally and then second of all it's just like there is this real disdain and like talking about how Free school meals um, encourages dependency on the state, and it's like, what about bank bailouts? That's that's dependency on the state. Like, what are you what are you talking about? Like, it's like picking and choosing, and even there's been yeah. arguments like, oh, it's the parents' fault. They're misusing their money. They're all exactly. Uh, they're all buying drugs instead of feeding their kids. It's just feeding into the stereotypes. Of... Like, sorry, how many how many chooses Boris Johnson has and doesn't visit? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Good parenting. Like, this is. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's one rule for us and one rule for them. And like, that's the thing about, um, as well about lockdown, I really want to like stress is that for many of us, and like, I come from a middle class family, like, I am lucky enough that 
when it was a lockdown, I was in lockdown. I was actually, my parents were, in, my dad is a doctor, so he was working. But other than that, everyone was in a proper lockdown sure. and got to enjoy the benefits of, you know, furlough schemes and whatnot. And, but, but for the majority of people, the, you know, the national lockdown was just middle class people getting coffee. I think I saw it in a meme, like something like lockdown was just um, uh, like working class people getting coffee for middle class people while they were at home. Like because it, it was basically like especially when the government shifted the furlough scheme from being something that they implemented, they, they issued the money for to I think it became something that um, employers had to then uh, cough up the money for and obviously that ended furlough scheme for a lot of individuals sure um but yeah like it's just um i think it's just it's it's very important because a lot of the talking heads including now including myself are middle class and i think it does silence a huge majority of people that that like i do not have the time to fucking give their two cents or anything because they're just so exhausted working so hard for this capitalist society to maintain itself during a pandemic which i just think is the bottom line as to what the government want really i guess like people who had the you could even say have the luxury is those middle class office workers who could sit at home in comfort on their computer and and you know carry on getting an income whereas people who couldn't do that had to go and work and had to go and uh you know go outside and be vulnerable to this deadly disease which is really sad even yeah, yeah. Like, even in london like i remember when they they were encouraged they, we can talk about how the the messaging was really cl- unclear and stuff where it's like mm. the first week when they're like yeah you should go back to work now and then the central yeah. line was just packed like there's pictures online where like it just looked like rush hour yeah like it, it it's so confusing and it, and i think that and um, for example like um so like my housemate just now we were talking about how Birmingham which is where I am at the moment is um going to go in a, a tier 3 a tier 3 lockdown yep. uh soon or tier 3 stage or whatever um and we were just reading like I was like how is that even different from tier 2 and we were reading about it and it was like there's only like a handful of things that are mandatory for each like area that isn't a tier 3 thing and the sure. rest are just kind of recommended and again like this is this whole thing of shifting the responsibility onto like local authorities right it's shifting the responsibility so that um the government can be like we recommended it but it's if it's not actually implemented right if it's not actually law if it is if there aren't people like if it isn't state mandated then then um when things go right they can be like we recommended it and when things go wrong they can be like well it was you know your local council that decided it and and most of these cities as well like most cities is like my boyfriend was just saying like um he was just saying how like most cities are labor yeah and with a tory government when things go wrong they can be like your labor your labor council yeah like this is what's happened in manchester basically yeah yeah exactly because it's just it's stupid because they were like oh we're going to give you 60 million pounds and then the Manchester wanted 65 million and they're like okay no we're going to give you 20 million this is not yeah. how to this is not how to behave and it's it's so petulant considering yeah. we're in a pandemic and yeah. it's just it, that is a great word for it absolutely yeah it is so oh so it's childish. just mind-boggling and I guess yeah another question I wanted to ask you was obviously after we rolled out of national lockdown we had the great yeah. idea of having eat out to help out so do you think that yeah. was quite naive and how yeah. do you think the government uh, do you think they're using medical advice properly? 
yeah absolutely not like I don't think they're using medical advice properly I don't think they 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 care for it at all and um I think it was a really bad idea like that we we from we, what we understand about coronavirus the things that that put put you at a higher risk of of contracting the virus are indoor spaces like without you know stagnant air um the like being in close proximity to people for more than 15 minutes and like what what's going to do that more than sitting across from someone <laughs> inside yeah in, in while a pub. you're eating and yeah. munching and crunching your food and breathing in and out and laughing and stuff like it's it is so um yeah it's it it was it was so the goal that they had as well for straight after eat out to help out to be like look at these young people causing oh, <laughs> causing the coronavirus yeah, exactly spike. and the thing is like to a lot of people a lot of young people it's true a lot of people young people were going out and about but yeah. it's not their fault if they were being encouraged especially yeah. students who don't have a lot of money and are going to benefit yeah. of going and getting half price food and drink like yeah. it's and also another thing is like young people right like this is this is the thing like I thought like you know people are asking the question right that are young people being you know are they are they being reckless are they being are they are they not sure yeah like and I think the answer to that question is yeah they are being reckless but that's what young people do <laughs> right 100%. Like, young people are reckless and like I think I, that, I think like, students are the most degen yeah. like well what's the what's the word that I um uh, they're the most like uncivilized humans yeah, in society totally. like they are neanderthals <laughs> yeah when you when you walk into like yeah, every every parent that has a kid that went to like halls and they walk into halls and they go oh my god i thought i raised my child right but look really? at this place you know you know uh, like, in first year when my mum used to yeah. come and visit she never used to go and use my bathroom <laughs> she, she'd oh rather go and, she'd rather use like the a the ones toilet. yeah like the ones at service <laughs> stations or the, or <laughs> <laughs> exactly like young people are reckless and you know like our front like even biologically your frontal lobe like your which is what does your executive function what the, what like what like controls your um your impulses that doesn't even fully develop until you're 25 like at the earliest sure. so like even biologically you are not geared up to be non-reckless and so yeah young people are reckless but the thing is, is that a government, what they should do is they should account for reckless young people. They can't just be like kids, eh? Like you're the parents, government. You are the parents. Like figure it out. Like you're meant to make it so there is no room for you're, to protect to protect a population. You need to make sure that there is no room for mistakes. Um, and what they want, what what happened is what I think they wanted, which is that you know students do what they or young people, sorry, do what they kind of instructed them to do, which is eat out to help out, have a good time. As long as there's not more than six of you, COVID will close their eyes. Like, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, and that also is another thing that really like shocks and surprises me that like, there's no wonder people are so confused about coronavirus and just like, you know what? I don't know what is safe because if someone tells you, yeah, you can meet up with six different people <laughs> like and like hang out and that's fine and those are they're from different like, households so. yeah they're gonna be like well what what is covid then like i don't I know, really understand because in theory it it like the logic behind it is obviously to limit the amount of people that you're yeah. that you're mingling with because if you're meeting with 30 people as opposed yeah. to like six people like, so 30, like at, yeah, yeah at, at that level is fine but then it if you think about it they're really arbitrary rules and I think that's why yeah. a lot of people are like yeah just we don't care because the government well th this is just random like why is six so mm. significant I'm just gonna and, do and whatever we want to do 
I think that's why as well that people are taking that and and going this seems like people aren't stupid like I don't and I don't want people to think for a second that I think that if they think coronavirus is a hoax that I think they're stupid because think about it like if you're if like you have something as nonsensical as that as that rule that six person rule you're going to go oh okay well that doesn't make any sense to me and they're saying they're telling me to meet other six people they're also telling me to wear masks they're also telling me like this just seems like all a load of crap maybe this is all a load of crap and the coronavirus isn't real they're just trying to extort me they're just trying to to control me like why wouldn't that be one of your conclusions yeah I mean you're completely right and I guess what I'd encourage everyone to do is just to stay switched on and I think a lot of the time people just hear one thing and believe one thing and then that's it I Mm. I always encourage people to go and see your sources see if they're you know reputable read yeah. loads of different articles because you know at this point like it's it's your own fault for being ignorant if you know what i mean mm-hmm. like, i know like it's it's obviously you know i'm saying that as a person who likes to read about what's going on and people sure. are, are genuinely done and finished with what's going on yeah and, and, and also like it's it's worth like uh i think like if you look at just like um what's the government um science group that's like at the advisory group sage um even the SAGE advisor, right, when the government announced their most recent uh, tiered system, the SAGE advisor literally said live on air that even the third tier is not enough to control the virus. Sure. So if there's something that if there's um, a sort of anti-government voice that you should go and trust if you're feeling unsure, I say go to SAGE, go to go to scientific groups that don't have that are perhaps funded by charity that don't have any monetary input by the government like go into like go and look at those sources i think people who don't have people who are scientists and don't have any skin in the game um because yeah i think that's yeah it is um that was said live on air and it's just not um, and the you know it just all carries on as is it doesn't inspire any confidence yeah what what about the national lockdown just sort of get everyone locked in and then how does it work so then it will sort of delay the coronavirus by what a month or so yeah i think i think like yeah it would just um it would sort of be that if we got everyone are you saying if we got everybody in a complete lockdown back again like everyone's in their houses that would be really great that would be a good idea like it would mean it would we would hope that with a lockdown that in that time uh people who had coronavirus would sort of um be self-limiting right they would they would already be in hospital they would get the they'd already have the disease they would they would finish their symptoms either hopefully they would survive some of them wouldn't but then in that time they wouldn't be spreading it to other people so that in that time the people who had it would have it and end having it sure and yeah hopefully we would like cut off some like passing on of cases basically cut it short sure Um, because i think yeah i guess one thing that we haven't talked about which is maybe been a driver of some of the things that the government have been doing is the sense of we don't want to overwhelm the NHS. Yeah, yeah. So, but, like, let's for example, in Liverpool, I think the, the reason why they put it into to tier three was because mm-hmm. the admissions to the hospitals were so high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like admissions to at the moment, like I'm on placement in in Birmingham, um, and it's got to the point now like you know I had to like practice my clinical skills and talking to patients and stuff and it's got to the point where it's so difficult to find a, a ward where there isn't a COVID patient now um it really is gearing up but yeah like this is like that is that is what they want to do right they want to slow admissions but 
you know, flatten the curve and all of that kind of stuff that they used to say at the start of the pandemic. But yeah. I don't think it's going to be effective. I really think the only thing that's going to be effective is a full on lockdown. But the government doesn't want to shell out money. This is what I don't understand, right, Rohan? You're, you, you know more about like the economy than I do. Like what I don't understand is, sorry to put you on the spot. No, 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 but, no. Like, go, uh, go for it. But what I don't understand is, isn't the government, isn't the, the country already going to go in, into a recession at this point? So, yeah, I guess the simple answer is yes. And mm. there's been these ongoing, I don't know if you've heard it, but it's sort of like, um, what will kill you first, COVID or poverty? So like mm. a lot of a lot of the time, I guess like re- a recession. So that is sort of like the overarching thing. But in the recession, I guess what happens is there's no liquidity. Businesses don't have any cash flow. Then business yeah. owners can't survive. And then it all mm. trickles through the economy and then people mm. lose their jobs, et cetera, et cetera. And yeah. so it's, it, is a, it is a valid argument, which is why I guess the government have been so firm in sort of keeping yeah. the economy semi-open. Because it is yeah. true, because people's like livelihoods are going to be affected. And right. I, I know like national lockdown, I, I don't know the actual figures, but the economy and the productive potential and all of that like, took a massive hit. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, really, it's really interesting to, to think because... Ideally, from a public health point of view, going into another lockdown is the best thing to do, 100%. Like that. Yeah. I don't think many people are arguing with that, but it's sort of yeah. grappling with the balance between p- saving people's lives and, you know, keeping food on the table from, you know, people right. working and stuff. But then this is what I don't get, right, is that like, and this is genuinely, I don't get it, not like a rhetorical question, but like what I don't get is that like, it seems to be that the government is able, like the treasurer is able to pull out these like million dollar, billion, million pound, billion pound checks to these um, outsourcing like contractors. Um, but they don't seem to have money for furlough schemes uh, or to bail um, out, you know, small so, businesses and things so, like that. So, for example, when they said that they didn't have enough money or it wasn't uh, a suitable allocation of public resources to give starving kids food over the holidays. Yeah. It's complete nonsense. They they have they they can basically borrow more, which means that they can give more money to people mm-hmm. in society. So it's not yeah. that it's it's actually a lie that there's no money. It's just right. they don't want to. And of course, mm-hmm. like from an economic point of view, increasing public debt has long run effects in terms mm-hmm. of like you know the, the so like someone's gonna have to pay for it in the future. Mm-hmm. So like that does whether that's taxpayers or whatever. But yeah. when it comes to a pandemic. You know, not even just uh, a recession, but a recession caused by a public health crisis. Yeah. You know, show some compassion. So show, yeah. show some empathy. You know, yeah. need to be a bit more proactive, especially if you want people to be on your side and listening to what you're saying as a government. Otherwise, yeah. it's just what we, I guess, this is my opinion. What we need is something that would end the suffering from the long, over the longer term. So mm-hmm. wh- whatever it takes like i'd rather have like a few months of i'd say like pain whether that means another lockdown and then Mm. for in the future then we can just go back to normal Uh, this is the thing what is the what is the new normal is this normal what's going on yeah honestly like like i think i think like in terms of like the new normal right like i do think that i do think i do think we hopefully will see a future that that does involve like a lot more you know flexibility with working hours more working from home and stuff which would be really good for like let's say like you know 
parents sure. with young children or like people with different abilities like physical disabilities and stuff and sure. um, something that are, they so, can't go into work yeah. as much or or whatever like that would be really brilliant but um one thing i i have heard and i don't know how like true it is but one of the reasons that um i've heard that tory like members do want to have like uh, people going back into offices they're really keen on it is because they a lot of them do own um uh, buildings that are owned by the, oh, the, the office spaces yeah, yeah they own a lot of office spaces and so they're just like nah you should really go back to the office mate <laughs> uh, this <laughs> is like... this is the thing there's always ulterior motives like no yeah. matter if what side whether it's like you're you know left leaning or right leaning yeah like it's, it's, it's establishment versus non-establishment is what it really is yeah. rather than um yeah left and right isn't it a hundred percent well one thing that i came across that was really interesting was the whole um rise of e-health i don't know if you've heard of it okay it's about like uh remote diagnosis and using uh technology and ai to yeah uh, because i guess like a lot of professionals get health insurance and if they're through their company and so if they're feeling like ill from home they can get a remote diagnosis i was just wondering Mm -hmm. what your thoughts were on something like this yeah i think that would be brilliant like i mean like it takes up like another barrier to healthcare right like and, that, and that's the thing when there is whenever there's stress on on a on a society that's what really you know we all know this is that's what that's what shows that's what really um, emphasizes the inequalities in our society and like one of the things that that does influence that, that does emphasize that is the fact that a lot of people don't have the time to take out one hour of their day to like leave work early or like you know leave in the middle of their lunch break and then go to the gp and then wait and then wait for longer and then have a delay and then see a doctor and then go to the pharmacy like they don't have the money or the time so like a lot of working class people can't do that so if a lot of people do have access to a smartphone and yeah e-health and that i mean i know that my local gp does do video calls and they have done a lot more telephone consultations since the pandemic started and i think that could be something that does continue as well like people i think people before would be quite averse to the idea they want to you know see their doctor's face and have them look at the you know rash that they have or whatever but you know if if we can we you know then we get into this whole thing of like what if all our data is on the cloud you I mean, know, we're sending pictures you know this stuff. is this is another thing that people are really annoyed about with this whole contact tracing system is that oh i don't want to give my details to the government yeah As, but it's like every time you sign terms and conditions whether it's an app yeah. whether it's your social media you're anything so much, you're yeah. you're basically letting third parties profit off your of your data Metadata, so yeah. it's just like you know p- what a time for people to pick and choose about their <laughs> privacy yeah but, i mean like i mean the, the, i think the the nervousness is completely is completely like justified it's just misdirected i think oh 100 like, but i think that um to go back to sorry like to go back to the idea that like you know shows so like you were talking about the government like show some compassion when it's like a a pandemic you know give some money out to some kids who are hungry like i think that <laughs> I think that a real I don't want to miss this point of like a real huge reason that we've handled the pandemic the way we've handled it globally as well as nationally is ableism like that is a huge huge factor like how think about like how many times have we heard someone say ah oh, but you know the ones who are going to die were going to die in a few months anyway weren't they or like 
can't the ones that are shielding just like stay inside and we go 100%. on? I mean, this is another thing that I wanted to, to bring up is that like people are genuinely putting forward the idea that we should just lock up the vulnerable and elderly yeah. and then society goes back to normal. But yeah. it doesn't work like that. Like how does, how no. like fair enough, in in theory, you can be like, yeah, this might have some merit. But how does it yeah. materialize if, if a 25 year old who's going out and about is living with their elderly grandma? Like, yeah, what, yeah. Uh, and also and also and also that the reason why that comment is so ableist is because or that sentiment is so ableist is because what it implies is that people who have different abilities who are disabled in some way do not contribute to society it yeah, suggests that 100%. once they're locked up society will be normal but that's such a huge proportion of our society and you're suggesting just because they have a different ability to you they don't contribute to our society and we can continue on without you like that is there are so many like invisible disabilities that people don't even think about like people who have uh, cancer or are immunosuppressed in any way or you know there's so many people who are of all different ages and also the ageist sort of comment of like you know like we have all these national treasures that we love like David Attenborough and whatnot (laughs) and then we'll just like you know what lock them up and it's like don't you love your grandparents don't you love like these people who have not only not only okay so perhaps they don't contribute to like you know the, the the working population but they have contributed to the working population and they deserve to benefit from the society that they help build 100 like, like they are they part are, of society yeah exactly 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 that and and i think that and for a really long time as well another ageist thing like the government was straight up not including the deaths in care homes in their numbers. I mean, that was, their that was numbers terrible. of daily deaths. Just, yeah. Like, it's it's a political move to suppress the real COVID deaths. But the thing is, that's so that's really important is that we have to like, yes, the government is 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 um exploiting like ableism and ageism, but you can't exploit something that doesn't already exist in society. There has to be some kind of ableist, ageist racist sentiment in society in order for government for the government to be able to just be like ah you don't care about those those care home numbers do you like they can't it would never work if our society wasn't to some degree ageist it wouldn't work yeah Um, and the the thing is like ageism is not something that people really deep too much and i guess mm. it's something that they should be at least conscious of because like You know, it's very easy to be like, if that doesn't affect me, I don't care. Which is like, exactly. there's a lot, a lot of people which is actually, in it, which in itself is ageist. Yeah, yeah, itself. exactly. So, yeah, and yeah, and and like the and uh, in terms of like racism as well, like um, I think a really something that really struck with me as being like you know a young black woman who is hopefully going to be a doctor, like um, it was something like I think it was. I've got the stat here actually. I don't want to get it wrong. So this I got this from the from the BMA. Sure. Um, so almost double the amount of BAME doctors, so 64% rather than non-BAME doctors, felt they were pressured to go into work with inadequate PPE. Oh, wow. So basically, yeah. So 33% of white doctors felt this way and 64 of non-white doctors felt that way. And so there is this also this racist sentiment in our society. Why, why do you of, think that is? I, I think that it's because I think there is this racist sentiment in society that basically looks at non-white people and sees them as sort of, Perhaps disposable, perhaps stronger than the average. Sure. Okay, I, I see. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like almost an almost like an animalistic 
um, you can handle anything, can't you? Kind of thing. Yeah, Rather than yeah, like, because uh, you, you came from a different country and had to settle, and you, st- yeah, you started yeah. off with one you pound and and a, and, a, yeah. and a piece of string. <laughs> yeah, like you were living in a hut, weren't you? <laughs> you could handle this. And so, like, they did felt like it's really interesting that they that's like a <laughs> that's like a, um, a a societal thing that they say that they feel like a subjective thing, a subjective thing that's like I really feel like I'm asked more than the average to go into places where I don't feel safe. Yeah, 100%. which is so interesting. Like, yeah, so. The, we have to under, I think it's really important that we yes we hold the government to account but we also utilize like this these these moments in our society's like progression sure. to take a look in the mirror and see how we have like been ableist been ageist and yeah. all of that that brings me on to my next point about you know you're talking about PPE like can you reiterate how important it is to be wearing masks when you're out in public yeah absolutely wear your mask <laughs> it's really and wear important. it properly and wear it properly um do you know how silly it looks when you have it sitting underneath your nose like that it looks like you've it looks like you've got your trousers around your ankles <laughs> but basically it is so important so first of all it's important to say that doctors before the pandemic were wearing surgical masks during surgery were wearing some kind of face covering when a, when a patient was infectious like that's a thing that we've already been doing before it was the thing that we were doing society-wide. Sure. So it is. it does have scientific basis. It, it is something that has been done by medical professionals for a very long time. And secondly, um, uh, you need to understand that, so how the virus like seeps into you basically is by your mucous membranes. So these are like basically the slimy areas of your body, which sounds kind of gross, but it's like the inside of your mouth, the inside of your nose is a mucous membrane. Uh, your like genitals is a mucous membrane and also your eyes as well so that's like a slimy kind of place so yes you can be wearing a mask but what what that is doing mostly is it's protecting the person other people the base that the place that you're generating aerosols you're generating like kind of spray is from your mouth and your nose when you're breathing out and in and when you're talking and singing and all sorts so that's when that's coming out your mouth so you're covering your nose and your mouth with a mask and you're protecting the other person but if that other person isn't wearing a mask, they're spraying and all of that. And yes, you aren't inhaling it, but it can very easily go into your eyes. Sure. Your eyes is, a, is an open mucous membrane. That's why people wear things like goggles and visors and all of that. So yeah. it's important. Oh, I didn't people, actually know that. Yeah. So you need to wear a mask and also they need to wear a mask. Equally, don't just wear a visor because no, no. it can go <laughs> in and out of everything. But you need to like... If everyone's wearing a mask, you shouldn't need to wear a visor or goggles or anything like that. But sure. yeah, basically, you need to wear a mask yeah. for your sake, for everyone else's sake, and they need to wear one for your sake. What, what do you say to people that say that, you know, these lockdown measures and wearing masks, they're like preventing your body's natural immunity? Yeah, yeah. I've had, I've actually got a personal message on my Instagram from someone that I, I knew from my childhood about this. And what I basically said to them was, you're 30, so you've probably done a lot of that already. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like the time when, in which you're, you're building up your immune system like exponentially to get super strong is when you're like young, basically. By the time you're, yes, you, your immune system can continue to get smarter and smarter and learn to defend themselves against like more things. But if your body has never seen COVID before, there's a chance, yes, that you can, your body can notice COVID learn to fight against it and you never get any symptoms and those people that are asymptomatic carriers sure 
but there is a chance your body has never this is a, what what the what a pandemic is it's saying hello like humanity here is a new virus that none of you none of your immune systems have seen before so there is a chance that your body could see this you know this virus and be completely decimated by it um so so yeah like you can get big and strong from it but equally you can be absolutely annihilated by it and secondly there are loads and loads of people who have not gotten a full like you know ventilator inpatient coronavirus but have been maimed by the virus like they've been they, it's been like six months since they had coronavirus and they still can't they still get breathless when they go up the stairs when wow. they never used to or and they, they could be they could have been young and had nothing beforehand yeah or they there have been like um instances on like um where people have had a, a acute kidney injury because of it seizures um episodes of psychosis like there are all sorts of things that we don't know about the virus that it could cause that's completely systemic that like affects your whole body so yes you could have nothing yes you could be completely fine but equally there seems to yes there seems to be things that put you at risk more often but there are things there seems to be no rhyme or reason for the for the odd case that that really does affect you and could affect you for life and that is nothing that anyone wants because as we've discussed in an ableist society that's not something you want to be is in some way disabled apparently because (laughs) and also it's something to remember is that is this action of me thinking of being able to disregard masks and think, oh, my immune system needs needs more germs and stuff? Is 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 my freedom and thinking this way? Is it based in privilege? Is it based in the fact that I probably will be fine? And if that is the case, then you've got to check your privilege. You've got to check the fact that you could be spreading it to the odd person here, there, and everywhere that is disabled or old or a minority. A hundred percent, especially if you're asymptomatic and you're just going yeah. about your normal life, sort of nonchalantly, exactly. not really caring. It's yeah. uh, it's important to know. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Yeah. Wow, a very a very topical. That's cough. that's uh, that's very <laughs> sus. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> now, honestly, like going in public and trying to cough and trying to hold it, it is the worst <laughs> thing. I feel like my eyeballs are gonna <laughs> pop out. <laughs> yeah you really can't cough anymore people look at you like yeah like you like shit yourself (laughs) yeah 100 percent. and it's like to be fair like if i you know i'm guilty of it if i see someone cough i'm just like what is going on like a defensive mode on lock (laughs) another thing that's been quite prevalent over i guess the whole sort of last six to eight month period is Mm. uh, people's mental health and you know lockdown is a very difficult thing to do and being so like being sociable is something that helps their mental health where that was taken away from them or people were put into really toxic situations where you know they were exposed to uh, domestic abuse and stuff which was again on the rise so have you you know with patients have you seen anything like this on the rise yeah like I mean it's been it's been really tough for patients who in terms of like hospital, it's it's been really tough for patients who are, have some kind of chronic condition that means they're stuck in hospital because, uh, you know, I, I saw a patient not too recently that um, was diagnosed with a relapse of their cancer and they had to they had to be put in basically admitted to hospital really quickly um, and and that their, their wife had to 
basically be told you can't visit your husband and your kids can't visit your husband for at least a couple of weeks while they're having chemotherapy and that's that's something that's really tough like people can't have visits when they're going through some of the toughest times in their life the most isolating time of their life and it's really heartbreaking and unfair and there's no good reason for it like no no good moral reason for it you know like it's it's really demoralizing for them and just another reason to to want to get through this pandemic so that people can like have the comfort of their families when they need them most and it and it's so morbid as well because those patients you know they can't their families can't see them unless they're dying basically yeah. do you do you ever um, do you ever think a lockdown can have regard for mental health or is it just something that just is a natural consequence of such a thing yeah i mean but with the i mean with the like with with the joys of of you know the internet and social media and stuff like i do think that on one hand people are people who have access to technology are you know meeting like almost interacting with other people more than they did before i think sure you know people are having those sort of online pub quizzes and do you remember the house party app yeah yes yes which had its quick demise because of a rumor bless yeah, but honestly like <laughs> it pissed, like this this is again what we were talking about earlier about like fake news being rampant yeah, it's like yeah, yeah one like, little thing yeah, like i can't believe this happened like we were doing so well yeah um but yeah like people are in one way interacting with people more but there is something about human connection and touch and people like crying um when like i've seen people do these really adorable like um have you seen these like cellophane sheets that they put up with armholes yeah yeah yeah, i've seen that so they can like (laughs) hug their their their, like grandma or something and it's so adorable and you see people like yes they've spoken to each other every day on the phone or on facetime but that human touch we are social animals and i think yeah you are right to a degree like a lockdown does have no regard for that aspect of of what we need as human beings which is like social interaction and 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 um yeah and physical touch uh so yeah i think it's more important if anyone has like free time like this is like a little plug not for anything that i do but if you have time to to like join a charity that like calls older people or calls people who are refugees there are loads of these charities and you can do it from home just to like chat with them and just to it's you know you you'll have some interesting stories that you can learn from them as well and like just to be like people are more alone than they they average they would be averagely and and we always have a problem with elderly people being lonely in the winter anyway so if you have free time to do it like please like if anyone's listening that'd be really great like even when i had to spend a few weeks uh, on my own while my mum was looking after my grandma like I, I'm you know me as someone who's quite sociable and stuff yeah, yeah it was a massive uh self like shock to my being but then yeah it was nice I guess it was nice because it gave me time to self-reflect have a bit of introspection you know yeah I guess like knowing it's going to end at least at some point it gives yourself some relief that like at least someone's going to come back in like a few weeks but yeah but yeah like that indefiniteness to it all like I can't imagine and yeah like as you were mentioning the um people who are stuck in a, a domestic abusive like household I that's something when that when people first started talking about that being an issue it really like that really like shook me because you know home is somewhere where you want to feel completely safe and imagine just being told you're stuck in your nightmare like indefinitely like that is cannot imagine I remember um when I was in the sexual health clinic for placement they uh they've now incorporated that into every um phone call session they always ask they always ask firstly are you on your own are you in a safe place to talk and stuff? And they, if they say yes, then they ask, 
are you safe at home as well they just like implement it into like a safeguarding question if you know anyone who is suffering or in this situation then there's always i can like there's loads of helplines out there like recommend them to your friends maybe in the description of this podcast i'll add a link to some like helplines right going into the future we're gonna need a vaccine right is that the only way Mm. to get out of this nightmare i think it might be i think it is like uh, this is the thing right like (laughs) there's we've seen we've seen um our own government the uk government decide like turn down a free track and trace app to 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 ship out a bunch of money for a shit track and trace app only to then go go on with the the good one who knows what kind of money that they will spend on a vaccine you know like i don't know how much money we can like there is um like there have been people who have offered free vaccines that um before like like in terms of covid they're saying we're working on a vaccine we'd like to offer it for free to people if it's available and then um they're like the guinea know, pigs yeah yeah and that that is something that is scary I know. But, the, but the thing is is that, is that there is um there is obviously like you know big pharma and these yeah. huge companies that, so this is that what is i wanted to talk about want, yeah because like like the potential market for covid vaccines is going to be huge whoever hits billion, the jackpot it would be a billion dollar business whoever gets that vaccine out first is yeah. going to make so much money exactly, it's going to be unbelievable exactly. so this is the thing and like a lot of people like, even before uh covid was even you know a speck of dust um yeah. people always have their reservations on big pharmacy i don't like mm. just before we go into it like do you have any opinions on like big pharma at all yeah like i think that you know it is awful and privatized healthcare is something that goes against the the, the nature of healthcare in of itself like if, if there is in, if there is like real incentive with um with money making then you start not thinking about patient care in of, in of itself and like you see places like america where individual doctors will get commission with how much of a certain kind of medication they give to their patients and that, that is crazy and like yeah there's a nightmare there's this dude who's an influencer and mm. he was talking about the is it the oxytocin pandemic you could call it that yeah. ripped through america and like yeah this is just big pharma just like just chucking drugs at a problem and just hoping that yeah. it works yeah this is like rampant capitalism like when you just yeah. it's like yeah people just let the big uh, big companies do what they want to do they're gonna have the same interests as the rest of society but it's not the case yeah and it ends up being that we're we're sitting under like basically an unelected like set of demigods that are these huge capitalist like companies that decide are that, that are unelected undemocratic that decide basically everything that we do what we do how much everything costs and what is available to us like it is it is it is like it is laughable when we seem to like go around to other countries and, and decide that they don't know what democracy is. But it's like, look at us. Like, oh, what is 100%. this? It's like, yeah, we're exporting democracy and we're going to bomb your <laughs> yeah. country. And then we're going to, you know, we're going to it's the white savior mentality, isn't it? Yeah, totally. To- absolutely. And like, and the thing is about this vaccine, right? Like it's like this, the extortion that would be, a, that, w- that could occur out of, you know, the, the vaccine is, is, is again, just going to, it it would I think it would just exacerbate ableism, ageism, racism. Like it will just you know squeeze out people that are already marginalized or on the like you know fringes 100%. of society. I, mean, I think people have been raising eyebrows because they're saying, "Are oh, we going to give it to the most vulnerable and ethnic minorities first? And it's like, 
uh, excuse me, you're not yeah, going to use no, me you. as no guinea pig. Yeah, yeah, no thanks, no thanks. I actually do not want that. Thank you. I will keep my mask on for a little bit longer and wait till Boris Johnson is exactly. late. Use it yeah, first. Exactly. Thank you. And I, this is yeah. this is the thing, right? That with vaccines is that you know human trials and stuff like there it's going to have there will be a stage where people it have to be tested on people but Absolutely. you know you shouldn't be imposing this on a c- certain sections of society or even like i think what they do i mean this is not just covid this is just in general mm. what they do is they go into these vulnerable places in like africa or india mm. and they're mm. like this vaccine is gonna save your life and then yeah. when they're the real guinea pigs and this is why yeah. a lot of people uh, criticize the bill and melinda gates foundation for doing this exact yeah. same thing yeah 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 and, and like and i and I, to talk about covid and and like places like africa um um uh, there have been so many like since the beginning of the pandemic till now there have been so many articles right of like people being like africa when will covid hit them like do you know what i mean they've been like africa still low in covid cases yep. could poverty be the reason why like they keep being like like just dragging in Africa and being like, why aren't they dying? Like, come on, like, I've seen comic relief. These suckers are meant to be dying left, right and centre. <laughs> yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they've just been so upset and so, like, how can you make articles out of nothing like this? Because they're, they're not saying, what can we learn from Africa? What are they doing that we aren't? That kind of thing. They're just going, this doesn't seem right. God, are you listening? This doesn't seem right. Like, yeah. it's really gross. It's really gross. Like, even even while we're killing off our own civilians by, you know, or, or like letting our children starve, even when we have like so much money in our country, we still we're still just like, I don't know, like we're still better than these guys. Like, shouldn't yeah, they be dying more than us? Yeah, it's like they're 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 always going to be these savage people. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really gross. Like, I, if I um if I get a chance, I'll I'll message you afterwards with some um links to those articles because there's so many of them. They're really distasteful. Sure. So one one um, question that I wanted to ask you, uh, I don't know if you know anything about what's happening in Sudan. Obviously, you're from Sudan. Do you know how yeah. they're tackling the coronavirus pandemic? Well, I think that general generally, like, I don't think there's there's not much there's not a lot of coronavirus in Sudan sure. at the moment. Like, I, I don't think like I think because it's so it's pretty dispersed in general, and pe- and a lot of things are outside anyway because it's such a hot country. Okay, there's not a lot of internal things that go on. And and so apparently there's... the sun kills coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, <laughs> or like inject bleach. Don't do that. I'm not. I'm not being serious. Please don't revoke my GMC license when I get it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like I think there isn't a lot of it there. Um, seemingly, like I mean, like healthcare in Sudan is private. So. Okay so like that also there isn't there isn't that it isn't that the information i have about sudan is mostly anecdotal from like both sides of my family um but it seems to be that you know people it's not really affecting people very much over there basically yeah okay that's um interesting to know just because like it's it's always interesting to see how different countries are dealing with these sorts of things like you hear what's happening in france with they're going into another national another national lockdown yeah yeah so it's it's strange because I guess we you know we were in lockdown and then things were going back to normal and I wonder mm. how the general public wherever it is whether it's here or uh, France the, how they'd react to such a thing I mean I guess mm. it's probably oh. the from a medical standpoint it's probably the best thing to do right to to have another lockdown yeah yeah I I would think so I, I've just um I just looked up Sudan coronavirus and yeah like sorry just to go back to it no, there's only um go for it. there's only like five cases 
yesterday like this is a number of cases not even deaths zero the day before zero six like there's really no cases at all um sure. so yeah it is, it is super low but yeah um france is an interesting place um to talk about um to talk about the virus as well because you know how um there's a lot of them um, it's interesting to see i remember thinking really early on when I, we were all wearing our masks and like going into aldi and stuff um, and seeing everyone in their masks and yeah. thinking where are the ban the burka people <laughs> like, <laughs> no honestly this this is like, exactly what i yeah, we're all wearing our masks right now. And like, do you remember when they'd be like, ban the burka, it would be terrifying, our children, blah, blah, blah. Like, this is like, how would we go about daily life? Imagine if everyone had their masks covered, it would be a nightmare, their face covered. Um, but yeah, like, in so in um, France at the moment, there are some places where a Muslim woman can go in wearing like a burka and be fined X amount of money and then not wear a face covering and be fined X amount of money. Like, wow the so, irony but, of it so all you can't you can't use a like a islamic face covering as a mask is that not allowed in i France? don't know i have no I, idea. i'd assume like it is a face covering right yeah like i've seen i've seen um at the hospital that i'm working at, at the moment it, there's it's, there's a lot of Mus- a lot of muslim um uh, people living there and i've seen a lot of um muslim women or who i assume to be muslim women covering their face with either their headscarf or wearing a burqa actually like um there's one of the what's it called the lollipop ladies um who who wears a burqa and i and i assume that like yeah they kind of help each other out so in the uk i'm, I'm sure loads of people are doing it but yeah i guess in france they're saying no it cannot be a burqa but you can wear yeah like you know what Fr- france is a really interesting place they sort of like to uh claim to be the forefront of freedom democracy etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. but it's just so they, it's questionable yeah. the way it yeah. manifests absolutely like this idea that like secular secularism like is it should be like i guess like sort of in its in its purest form should mean that like everyone is free to do what they want no religion is tied to the state right like sure um but yeah it seems to be the way they exercise it is really just yeah. like well it's like a miss- anything we don't like yeah it's a misinterpretation of mm. like for example we, we were talking about the banning of the the hijabs and stuff it's a it's yeah. a misinterpretation because like i guess you can say a it's uh you know suppressing these women or being mm. it's letting these women do what they want to do so mm, mm. but i guess that that's a topic for another conversation <laughs> yeah but yeah so of course uh, we're talking about vaccines and i guess we just hope that a we, we're not used as guinea pigs and b <laughs> one comes quickly because i was even reading Absolutely. that you know because it's a virus and you know you don't know how long these antibodies will last in you it might be a a yearly vaccine that we might have to take yeah like like the flu the flu is a yearly vaccine i mean that's another thing that uh, people don't realize is that like covid is a, a variant of the flu they you know they're both viruses and mm. uh, yeah virus i mean even that's the thing with uh, the flu right it, it does that in itself kills a lot of people every yeah. year which i actually don't think people realize yeah yeah like it's it is the people that people apparently want to lock up and and, and leave inside that um that, that get the flu vaccine every year and and the healthcare professionals we get the health vaccine every year as well like yeah it is an important i think it, yeah and also half of the people that that have died of coronavirus have been disabled as well which is a statistic that i don't think anyone really hears or cares about <laughs> which is yeah, like it's, that's it's so mad stark. but like 50%. i suppose disabled in like a a broad sense right like loads of different types of disabilities absolutely absolutely yeah but like but but that 
it, it does show that like in general people with like even people with let's say not physical disabilities but intellectual disabilities sure they do have poor health outcomes in terms of their physicality as well okay so yeah and oftentimes because there's this is it because of, like, of the hormonal balance in their body or actually it's, it, it's, it appears to be because people basically look at them and think and and don't really take their physical signs are seriously because they think or oh, maybe they're overreacting maybe it's do you know what i mean it's actually sure. like more sinister than that yeah i also heard that the bacteria in our gut determines our mood have you heard of that oh wow i've not heard so that like I, I'd, I'd hope that's not a conspiracy theory or fake news but <laughs> you know it's something that i want to read into but someone mentioned to me and i guess like it also just shows that you know if you have a good diet then yeah it, you know, it has the potential to affect you not only physically in terms of like stopping obesity, but maybe mm. your mental health. Well, you got to give kids those meals then. In that case, oh, hundred percent. Go on, we need to feed the kids. Uh, I'll, I'll find yeah. this uh, report and post it to Ten Downing Street straight away. <laughs> yeah, then they'll hopefully change their mind. Yeah, honestly, I really do love. Like, I think they have like this is a sort of tangent to coronavirus, but I do think the Conservative Party have made a real like like political mistake in terms of their re-election with that because I think one thing with the with the previous election I do think that that it, it was sort of they did manage the Conservative Party managed to align themselves both with middle class people and working class people in the UK Cause, somehow because it was the Brexit election I, that, that's Brexit exactly election. why yeah and it was a, the scapegoating allowed people who were disenfranchised to vote Conservative plus people who would you know benefit from uh, Tory economic policy um so like they they merge together but one thing that with like so they <laughs> so now they do this like they they don't they don't like continue the free school meals for these children and like they've completely effed it up at this point because it's like you realize that's like half of your of your base like a lot of people have children that or know people that have children that need free school meals it was never a big deal like when I was growing up that people 100%. had free school meal vouchers like they have really alienated like a huge chunk of people they've really made a mistake there like which yeah. just shows how out of touch they are and to 100%. be like to not realize this would, wouldn't go down well and also like like uh, following on from that we're seeing now in America they've got the elections and I don't know if you heard but in a lot of the swing states where COVID, like the government response to COVID has been really poor, like mm. though they're more likely to vote for Biden instead of Trump. Instead of Trump, because like Because like COVID, you know, if you know someone who's had COVID or you've had a personal relationship with what's gone on, then, yeah, you're like, this yeah, isn't a hoax. Yeah, and then you're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's saying that it's a hoax. He's not, yeah. he's actually done a really terrible job. So yeah, yeah. I guess that this yeah. is, again, I think this will filter through in this country. I mean, yeah. it's, it's uh, worrying to think that, you know, the, the election was only last year. Mm. and uh you know th you know brexit isn't even a thing like that's another thing that's I gone know. under the radar like oh yeah I no know. no deal brexit no oh deal. we're all gonna be okay and the eu isn't the eu gonna sue the uk at this point because um because that's breaking like the like breaking the agreement breaking some kind of law yes yeah, I, I saw to, that to, so to, that's back, an... to back out of that deal so that's another but... that's another thing that the, the government are gonna <laughs> have to deal with this all very interesting oh, wow. and we just hope that i mean i just read today that um scientists warn of new coronavirus variants spreading across europe i also that's, saw that uh, i almost didn't want to mention it i was like that's a new kind of worm i know I, but I it's just, just... wish all i'm doing is like sometimes I, I hope it's fake news i'm like Please, I know. no like, like 
because it, it's originated from Spain, right? And then like, when I, when me and my mum saw this news today, she was like, it's those people who just couldn't go, like couldn't not go on holiday. They just, the, yeah. the first moment and opportunity they got to go abroad, they just took it. And now like yeah. we're dealing with the consequences of that. But yeah. it's just, I mean, I've heard that 80% of coronavirus cases are attributed to this new strain, which is uh, worrying. Oh, really? Oh my goodness. I, I really want to stick my head in the sand and not go and read that article. But you know, it, apparently, it's, it's called 20a.eu1. That's the Isn't variant. It? Sounds catchy. It sounds like yeah, Elon Musk's is. child. <laughs> 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 hey, here's something interesting, though. Like, yeah. there are areas of London, like quite vast areas of London, that have rates like R numbers and, and, and case numbers and death numbers that are far higher than places like Nottingham, which is already in tier three, and places like Manchester, which has been in tier three for a while. But it's quite interesting and perhaps classist, the fact that this, this tier three sort of wave has come from Manchester, then gone to Nottingham and now Birmingham, like, whereas like, they don't seem so trigger happy with London. A hundred percent. And there's a real yeah. north-south divide now. I don't know if you've seen yeah. this, like, there's like these banners on bridges like yeah north against uh washington not washington against westminster yeah and it's um yeah it's interesting uh, yeah of of course of course and yeah like yeah i'm from london don't blame me blame, blame this <laughs> <laughs> terrible government yeah i'm from east sussex like, who am i to say i'm only here because of uni but i i really want to distance myself from east sussex right now a hundred percent yeah but yeah i mean everybody stay safe wear your mask yeah, hundred percent. Honestly, we'll as it was uh, great to talk to you about this. I think yeah, like, the, it's been a great chat. The reason why I, I uh, asked you is because I know that you're like UOB's finest medical student, oh, and also like you're kind. you're like very aware of what's going on and stuff. And oh, um, thank you. and and what I what I like is that because obviously we had these conversations all the time in third year. And yeah, it's like the the ability to explain something in a simple and logical way is something really important like you you see this in in politics everyone waffles and talks too much yeah. and you don't understand what they're saying but to get your point across clearly is mm. the way to go and i feel that's what you do oh that's so kind thank you so much i've had a really good time this is the the evening's gone very quickly that yeah 100 really percent. and uh, we'll have to get you on in the future there's plenty of things we I'd can discuss um, yeah i'd love to be back and uh on, on a closing point uh, of course, it's uh, be, it's been Black History Month as well, and you've mm -hmm. been very active in terms of BLM, mm -hmm. and um, you spoke at one of the uh, rallies, right? I did, yeah. So, I like, if you could like... just give like a synopsis of like some of the things that you said, just like really yeah, like, of course. important like, and salient was, points. It was basically just to say that how much. I appreciated the people, the non-black people that had come to the march, because at the end of the day, yes. BLM, Black History, is about amplifying Black voices, amplifying Black history, amplifying the points that, that Black activists that are far more articulate than myself have already said, have, have already written books about that are so important, varied and intellectual. Um, however, it is important to understand that our voices are worth so much more when non-Black people are standing by our side or are amplifying them. 100%. Yeah, that's basically my main point is that we see you. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing to be allies and you've got to carry on. Like it is important. So, yeah, that was basically it. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Azzy. Have yeah, a no problem. great evening. Speak to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Contrarian Podcast. Make sure you check us out on all of our social media, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. 
We'll be back next week for another episode of the Contrarian Podcast.